Brands you know and love use Instagram every day to connect with customers, draw in new buyers, and build relationships. On the podcast this week, we're discussing how to make the most out of using Instagram as a sales channel. We talk about how we use Instagram to connect with brands as customers and provide examples of brands on Instagram who are doing a great job. We finish this episode by interviewing Katie Dean, founder of Katie Dean Jewelry, and take a deep dive into how she leverages Instagram to build a large following and significantly increase her sales. Grab a mug and join in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Hey, Kelly. Have you ever been working on a Shopify store and then, bam, something happens and you lose what you're working on? I'd love to say no, but the reality is accidents do happen, especially when you have multiple people working on a store. Apps that automatically add code to your theme may cause an issue, or a team member may delete product images by mistake. Doesn't Shopify back your store up automatically? It's a common misconception, but no. And that's where the Shopify app Rewind comes in. What's that? Rewind is like having your very own magic undo button. It helps you recover from human error or misbehaving apps. It's trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to some of the biggest online retailers like Gymshark or Movement Watches. That sounds awesome. Where can I learn more? Head to rewind.io slash commerce T to learn more about Rewind backups. You'll get your first month free when signing up on that page. Again, that's rewind.io slash commerce T. Hello, Rian. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Want to talk about Instagram? I, I do, and I have to be totally transparent. I am not excellent at Instagram. See, this is why we interview people at the end of these episodes, because they are excellent at Instagram, and I am not either. Okay, okay. I'm glad we're in the same boat here, because I there are many children who go to school with my daughter who have thousands of Instagram followers, and I'm over here just not just not succeeding. <laughs> I don't know why I have 1,500 followers on Instagram. That feels I like a good post, amount. If, to me, it feels like a pretty good amount, but I don't do anything with it. So <laughs> I guess I'm just kind of wasting my time on Instagram. I don't Does that make you like a micro-micro-influencer? A nano-influencer? A nano-influencer? We're going to go with it. I like it. I, I think it's a real thing. It probably is a real thing. I <laughs> Okay, so Instagram. We know yes. every social media platform does require a different strategy for success, but there are definitely some brands who have Instagram figured out down to a science. 100%. 100%. What, do you have any brands that you can think of that you instantly are like, you are nailing Instagram marketing? The first one I always think of is Allbirds. One, oh. I just, yeah. I love their shoes. So. I know, I know. Kelly's like, this is just a commercial for Allbirds now. <laughs> I'm going to see how many episodes in a row I can find a way to mention Allbirds. I probably shouldn't do that. I, anyway. I mean, why, why not? Do you have some on right now? No, I'm in my house. Why would I be wearing shoes in my house? I I wear indoor shoes. Oh. My indoor shoes are, are Allbird, like, tree light feather the ones that look like kids I don't know the names of them but they're the tree runners no but like the thin low profile ones oh oh I also I use them as slippers okay I have some (laughs) slippers from Amazon that I oh okay that that also works (laughs) but right now it's like 90 degrees here in Atlanta so I'm definitely not wearing shoes fair fair 
what other brands do you actually let's before we move on let's talk about why I like Allbirds oh yeah yeah sorry we got we got derailed yeah um their imagery is really solid their messaging is very consistent and it's a little thing but they link to their products on the Instagram post itself so I can very quickly go to their website to buy shoes that I probably should not keep on buying because I have enough shoes but I do it anyway have enough shoes um I'm out of room on my shoe rack so I feel like I'm at the point where I need to start cycling through things but also I'm not wearing shoes right now because I'm not going anywhere so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just suggest another idea just get another shoe rack and then you'll have more space for shoes it's very like anti Marie Kondo (laughs) way of thinking but to me I'm like shoes spark joy books spark joy I'm keeping all my shoes and all my books perfect maybe I'll do that then (laughs) I, I think so. I think maybe I'll, I'll just send you one's just going to arrive at your house and you're. <laughs> hey, Daniel, just... I have a surprise. <laughs> I have a surprise. I'm buying more shoes now. Hey, you know, whatever, whatever works. Okay, so the, the one of the stores that I think does, or one of the brands that does a really great job on Instagram is actually a local coffee shop of mine, and they're called Augie's Coffee. And they started as like one single brick and mortar and now have expanded their mini empire i think they've got six locations now wow and they also have a wonderful commerce e-commerce presence and they use they they use both their stories and their posts to tell a story and what i actually really appreciate them is they're not hyper on brand if that makes sense like they're not like everything is on brand it's Everything is mostly on brand and it fits their narrative, but if they need to post something that doesn't necessarily fit their aesthetic, they're going to post it. They're not at, they're not super worried about it looking magical in a three, you know, three in a row. That grid, yeah. That grid. Whereas, and maybe that's just by nature of the fact that they're a, a coffee shop, so they don't need to be hyper-focused on, I need to look great in a grid because they're just, they're selling coffee and they're also selling their brand and why you want to shop with them yeah I'm I'm constantly impressed by their social media presence I don't follow a lot of brands on Instagram because I get annoyed by tons of stories that's my issue yeah I and and that's one of the things actually we could talk about that annoy us is when I see I'm going through my Instagram stories and seeing Instagram stories from my friends and then all of a sudden it's like the tiniest little dots because they've added so many stories all at once. And I'm like, I don't care this much about seeing every single product you just released into your store. So I skip them. I don't even watch them. No, I don't even watch them. I just like swipe and and move on with my life. Exactly. Or sometimes I even mute them. And and that's obviously not what brands want. But I, I think that's something important for anybody who uses Instagram and because Kelly and I are really talking about this as consumers of Instagram and consumers of product from our perspective. And it's if you post a, a bajillion things on your story, I give up. I'm just over it. Exactly. I think that's also an interesting thing to mention here is we are consumers on Instagram, but we're not super active consumers on Instagram. Whereas like your daughter, I imagine, is spends more time on Instagram and her friends spend more time on Instagram. Maybe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, for those of you who don't know, I have a 14-year-old daughter and who's a she's a rising sophomore. So she, all of her friends are like on Instagram, TikTok, Snap. I always wonder te- how much Snapchat is used. Well, by the by that 
demo by younger Gen Z. It's used all the time because there's a streak and they keep this streak count going and it's really important to their personal brand for gamification. Them. It's it. totally gamified. It's totally gamified, but that's that's something that that they really really focus on and then of course they are, are absolutely obsessed with TikTok which we are going to go into with a TikTok Pro in a few episodes too. For sure. Yeah. Another uh, account I want to share as well that does a, a really good job is La Papier Studio. I really like her stuff because two things. One, the product photography is beautiful. Two, she adds in little things about her family, her travels, like really humanizes the brand. You know exactly who is running the brand. And I think it, I, I really like that touch of personalization, especially since what she's selling is so incredibly personal to the buyers. Because basically what her, her primary product is you send in a silhouette of your child and she like creates jewelry and charms and prints and all kinds of stuff of like your child, like from that photo that you sent in of your child. They don't send in a silhouette, you send in a profile of your child. That's the word I, I was looking for. I think I need to get that, that sounds awesome. It's super cool. One of the things I think is also worth pointing out is on her profile, you know those, I think they call them moments? Nope, what are they called? The little circles th- above your story. I think, I don't know what they're called. I'm going to Google it. Um, Circles above story. See, we're really great at using Instagram. We are phenomenal. They're called highlights. Highlights, not moments. Not moments. They're called highlights. I'm really good at these things. Um, So she uses them to give product examples. She uses them for customer testimonials, for Q&A, but also things like recipes and just fun things as well so i don't know it it, again it's it gets the customers the information that they need but also just fun stuff that you can look at too and she's a ton of highlights as well that's that's awesome one of i first of all i think i need to buy something from her and second of all there's a store that or a brand that is very much in focus in my life because of my daughter. And so I, I reference them frequently, but they really do Instagram well. And that's JoLynn, which is J-O-L-Y-N. And they're an aquatics company slash beach sports. But one thing I like about them is when you look at their Instagram and also their Insta stories, there's all sorts of folks on it. It's like not just one like super thin athletic person doing sports it's, it's like oh anybody can wear these bathing suits these are yeah, yes these are athletic suits but yes also anybody can wear them and it, they're they're just really pretty they're 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 functional and I like the way they portray their brand on Instagram how is that spelled Jolyn j-o-l-y-n clothing is the last part of their Instagram handle cool so we'll link to those four examples in the show notes I have another question for you yes have you ever tuned into an Instagram live before I have but I at the beginning of the COVID um, stay at home order I I was more engaged on Instagram than I am now I don't know if that's because I'm feeling burnt out on it, but I noticed people were going live and so I was getting push notifications. So then I was like, oh, what do they have to say? And it and it turns out that it was just a way for people to communicate with one another. Do I love Instagram lives? No. A person who does love Instagram lives is my daughter. She does a workout on Instagram lives twice a week with oh, one of cool. her water polo coaches. Yeah, yeah. It's 
So it's definitely something of use. It's just not something that I personally love. What about you? I have, again, during COVID at the beginning when all the musicians were mm. doing their thing. That was super cool. Um, I also... Let's see. Have I tuned into any others? Oh, I once did an Instagram Live when I was on vacation. It was... <laughs> Where were you on vacation? I was in... Austria skiing okay so I was just doing Instagram live of like me going up the ski slope and it was just pretty so I was just sharing that and it's just like cross-posted to Facebook and Instagram or whatever obviously there's nothing to do with like brand no but still I mean I think you have to have some of that joy and fun in Instagram otherwise it becomes a chore and I think when you're marketing yourself in any platform on any platform that you have to have joy in it. Otherwise, it just becomes this arduous task that you don't want to keep doing. I, yeah, I agree. Um, another thing is, another question for you, rather. Yes. Have you ever purchased anything from an Instagram ad? I have purchased an embarrassing amount <laughs> from Instagram. I'm like a sucker. Like, if you, if you, like The Sill, for instance, which is a plant company based out of New York, if you serve me an ad like three times, I'm probably going to buy it on the third time. And and I especially, the ads that I really buy in are in stories, not in the main feed. But yeah, I've purchased many a thing from Instagram, both for myself and then my daughter will send me things she wants to buy through Instagram stories as well. What about you? I have only purchased one thing from an Instagram ad. That's me. You have amazing self-control, and I have none, apparently. What did, what did you buy? Allbirds. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was when... Allbirds, if you'd like to sponsor us, please. <laughs> <laughs> it was when they first released the flats, and, and I really wanted them in black. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, here they are, so now I'm going to buy them. Yeah, man. I just do you like your flats? I do. I really like them. I wear them. I Okay, I used to wear them all the time when I actually wore shoes. Yeah, it is. I put on shoes the other day just like, well, like I said, I, I do wear my Allbirds inside. But besides those, those are so soft and like not, they don't feel like real shoes. And then so I put on a pair of, I think, Nikes and wore them outside. I was like, oh, this is what shoes feel like. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> And then I only wore my Allbirds outside. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. And flip flops, I guess. <laughs> but that's when I like go to the mailbox. Nothing really exciting. So, question for you: If you were using, so you talk to a lot more merchants than I do. I feel like mm-hmm. directly. If you were giving advice to a merchant on how to use Instagram. What what kind of information or advice would you give? So, fun story. I used to run my own merch store on Shopify, and I had an Instagram account for it as well. First thing that I did, and I also recommend to everybody who's using Shopify, is connect Instagram to your Shopify store. That way, your products sync over, and you can tag your products directly in the photos. So it makes it really easy for your customers to tap on a photo, see what products are tagged, tap on that product and it takes you to the store to buy it. Um, There are some stores that have gotten approval to buy directly through Instagram. 
I don't know the latest on that, but and I imagine with uh, the the Facebook shops. Yeah, I think it's evolving. It's changing. Yeah, yeah. So that may eventually be irrelevant, but. Either way, for now, I would definitely recommend doing that. Um, consistently posting. So if you want to engage with your customers and interact with new customers, you have to post regularly. And it doesn't have to be like a product advertisement. Like I said, for the example of La Papier Studio, I like when she includes things like she's she's originally from Greece or her family's from Greece. So she posts like Greek recipes and like beautiful pictures of Greece. And I'm like, I am here for the travel photos. And yeah. also your products. So like the the fun, engaging content that's not necessarily you just constantly pushing your products. Behind the scenes photos are always a really great, a great thing to share too. And lastly, engage with your audience. It seems pretty obvious, but I see so many, uh, so many merchants not do this. And it goes beyond just liking their comments, like respond to them interact with them that's what I mean by engage with your audience like there has to be that actual conversation there somebody asks you a question you should respond to that question that's a really good point because I think so often people just put things into the ether and you're like I have made my post for the day and I am done and that doesn't work if you don't engage exactly it doesn't work so I that's all I can really recommend because, to be completely honest, I was terrible at using Instagram as a merchant. All those recommendations I made, except for the first one of connecting your st- your Shopify store to tag your products, I was not posting regularly. I was not engaging with my audience. My audience was really on Twitter, though, so it was more of a secondary platform to cross-post to. But people were tagging my products in their photos that they were posting, and I should have been interacting with those a little bit more. Lessons learned. I can tell people and tell merchants how they should run their business but apparently I can't follow my own instructions uh, you know that I think that's a, the story of so many of uh, developers and agencies in our space is that we're really great at giving advice but because we're giving everybody else advice then when we look at our own home so to speak we're like uh, whoops <laughs> we missed that one so exactly. I, I find myself doing the same thing so I think Instagram is a perfect example of why we love to have guests on this podcast because we are definitely not experts at Instagram. Which I think is probably pretty obvious based on our conversation <laughs> here. So on that note, we're really excited to introduce this week's guest. Today we have Katie Dean, founder of Katie Dean Jewelry based out of Oakland, California. Katie has built an organic following of over 60,000 followers on Instagram, which serve as a significant driver of sales. Hi, Katie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It's absolutely our pleasure. Please tell us about yourself and your business. Yeah. So I moved to LA when I was 18. I actually wanted to, I moved from Michigan, which I still am such a huge fan of, but I did want to go out to LA for the purpose of seeing how other artists lived. I felt there was a huge creative community and I really was inspired by how many young people are out there just following their dreams. So it took me a while. I did a lot of really different, diverse jobs. Like I was a personal chef. I was a nanny. I cleaned houses occasionally. And, you know, 
all of that combined really gave me so much experience of just like dealing with other people and how to communicate. And um, my last job before I started my jewelry line or as I started my jewelry line was being an assistant to a stylist in Hollywood. So we did different outfits for people's red carpet looks, for their premieres, um, you know, press junkets, interviews, etc. And that's really... I always wanted to do something artistically. I actually wanted to do pottery and ceramics. That was what I did in college, but I was just exploring. And when I started doing jewelry, I was doing it at night in what I call my Harry Potter closet. And that was a closet under my stairs that was meant for utilities and just random junk. I cleaned it out and I started doing various things, painting, doing greeting cards. And then I took apart some jewelry, got some new pieces and put them together and like with new designs. And that was eight years ago. So I, that's a kind of long runway of saying how I got started (laughs) and what I do, but, um, the line actually was very boho when I first started very chunky. Okay. That is so different than right now. It's so different. And I think that that is another thing I'd love to tell artists is it's okay to change. Like if you have a vision and you're not quite getting there right when you start, that's totally normal. Uh, what I do now is absolutely my vision of where I wanted to be and where I was going, but I needed to learn a lot as I, you know, started my career in jewelry because beading work was something that I could do right away without any formal instruction, whereas now we do casting, more metal work, et cetera. So that took uh, more time to learn. That's super interesting, especially, you know, exploring all the different areas of art as well, like art, creativity and artistry. I love that. How, how did you get started selling online specifically? Okay, so that's a great question. We started on Shopify And this was obviously eight years ago when the platform was really new. There were still a lot of changes going on and we really liked the platform, but it was, I was only on it for about two years before I then switched to WordPress, which was a complete nightmare to be totally honest. Um, But sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The reason we changed is because it was difficult for me to find a programmer that could actually read and knew the Shopify language for programming. And all in all, I'm so glad that we're back on Shopify. It has dramatically changed my business. And I do not say that lightly. And the tools that they give you, the workshops online, um, the resources available via chatting on the phone or going to their blog or on their uh, chat with a live guru online is incredible. Like I, I don't know any other platform that does what they do. And I knew from the get-go when I started that being online was going to be important. More and more people were shopping online and I honestly didn't take full advantage of all the different opportunities online because I didn't have capital. I didn't raise money. Everything was out of pocket. It was like pay as I go because this was a side thing and I was starting everything new. Um, I did get really lucky in the beginning, which 
kind of goes into what we're going to talk more about today as far as social media and how Instagram has influenced my business and helped. So we, I was very lucky when we were styling, we did style Kylie and Kendall Jenner for an Australian magazine. And my boss was styling them for numerous things, but on this particular shoot, they needed Bohemian style jewelry. So I brought mine along and it worked with the outfits. So I had the jewels on them and we publicized, you know, myself on Instagram. I publicized that once the magazine had come out, like, Hey, they wore these pieces. Cool. And at that time, because the Instagram platform was so new it just caught on like wildfire and more so bloggers that are obsessed with them blogged and pinned them and went nuts. And so that led me to get a deal where I think that, you know, I think I was paid 20 or 25,000 and, um, I got just basically a huge massive order for beaded bracelets and I wouldn't have gotten that unless I had posted on Instagram because we didn't have a blog that was well known that people were coming to visiting. We didn't have an email list. The only way that that image got out there was through Instagram, which is crazy. I think that's a really interesting point because we're seeing that right now with TikTok, Mm -hmm. which we actually talk about in a future episode. So Mm -hmm. there's this, when you get in early enough on a social media platform, you can really really make it your own. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. And, you know, I will say that I've been a little shy of TikTok. (laughs) We do have an account, but I haven't dove in. Um, But absolutely. I think that there's so much opportunity out there. And I think that it's, it caters to entrepreneurs and creatives because, you know, you just got to like get out there and give it a shot and not really care if you don't do it perfectly the first time. And, um, I think we're in an incredibly wonderful world of opportunity personally. Like I've been asked the question, like, do you think you'd be more successful back in like the fifties or now? And honestly, I just think the opportunity for success, if you persevere, really put in that hard work, do your research and actually do and put in the action, the world is your oyster. That. I love I love hearing this story from you and the Genesis story of your brand and how cool that you were able to style the Jenners at such a pivotal time in I, I guess pop culture history and in social yeah. media history. That's so so awesome. But I have a question for you because this is something mm. that I we speak to a lot of merchants and yeah. I meet merchants who want to go into a congested market like jewelry. So why mm-hmm. did you pick jewelry? Because I, there, I know there's a lot of listeners out there who are thinking, I might make a t-shirt company or I might make it this, but maybe there's too many people. How were you able to kind of niche that out and make it your own? You know, I'm a big believer in being passionate about what you're doing. And I think the saying, when there's a will, there's a way, is such a true statement. Because if, like, I know there's so many cliches out there, like if you never even try your the chances of failure are 100% because you don't try versus even if you have a 1% chance even if you're in the most congested climate of whatever you want to go into at least you have a chance and also i just didn't really think about it i was so naive that i just had such an 
artistic mindset that I'm going to do what makes me happy and go from there. And some people might be thinking that's crazy. You need to look at the pros and cons. And I totally think that, that stuff is valid. Like now when I do things in the business, I do look at, you know, if I'm going to make an investment on, you know, Pinterest ads, what's the benefit? You know, like, obviously you need to look at that stuff. But I also think that the world is made up of dreamers who do. And if you never took that chance, like what if Michelangelo never was like, just let his self-esteem or his negative thoughts take over and never tried to paint? Whoa, like that's mind blowing. And, you know, he probably wasn't that great at it in the beginning. And there were probably a million other artists doing painting back then because that was such a huge, I think, part of that culture. And absolutely, you know, but he was like, whatever, I'm going to do it. And I think the beautiful thing about artists is that everybody has a different point of view. Everybody sees the world differently. Everybody thinks this is beautiful in a way that you might think, oh, I like this part of whatever we're talking about. And that's what I always focus on. And I try to stay in my lane when it comes to any comparison to another jeweler. I applaud them and that helps me keep me sane and also grateful for what I'm doing and stops me from becoming a monster, honestly, because like, it's so easy in a competitive environment to be like, oh, I don't want to be friends with them. Like I, they're my competition. And I just think that's so toxic. It's hard on you. It's like drains your energy. And it's like, why not look at their art and be like, I'm so glad you're putting this into the world. The world needs more art and love and creativity. So I just focus on how do I see it? If you focus on as an artist, if you're going to create a t-shirt brand, how are you going to be different than the others? Because in, in it, I think you don't even have to try too much. I think you should just start sketching, start creating your samples because organically, if you're not blatantly trying to copy exactly what this other person is doing, it's going to be different. It just is because no, nothing can be exactly the same unless you're blatantly copying it. So I really try to encourage artists to not look at what they're going to do as far as like, oh, this is too saturated. I shouldn't give it a try. Like imagine Allbirds being like, oh, there's a million other shoe companies, (laughs) like whatever. And now they're like one of the top selling shoe brands in the world. It's like incredible. So even if you fail, let's say you're going to learn so much. I mean, I was doing personal chef work. I obviously wasn't the best, but then I learned various things of like, oh, if I research something online, I can learn more about how to whisk these eggs to make them more fluffy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, if you really try to search and find help, there's so much help out there. And I just never think you should not do something because you think it's too congested and saturated as an artist, because that is the beauty of being an artist. You are always going to see it differently, which is awesome. I love that perspective, especially since, as you said, everyone has, everyone, you know, everyone sees things differently. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know, since, you know, you've, you've been in business for eight years now, and I'm sure your acquisition strategy has changed over time. So how does your store currently get new customers? Okay, great question. Social media is definitely 
our number one way to get new customers because you're constantly, every single time you post, you're getting in front of new people. A very tactical thing that everybody on Instagram should be doing is putting in hashtags. The key thing being relevant. If you put in unrelevant hashtags, you're going to get in the in front of the wrong people. They're not going to be your customer and it does you no good. It's a waste of time. So keep a note within your phone or on your computer that are different categories. Like, you know, if you're a t-shirt company, long sleeve t-shirts, neon colored t-shirts like and then you can pull together the different hashtags that would go in coordination with those and then Instagram another tactical thing because I always like to give people actual things they can do and not just be like oh la-di-da vague um (laughs) yeah not theoretical things actionable right right that's that's what I thrive on as a business owner is tactical things I can action on so another thing is go into Instagram go into the search section where it says tags, I believe, or hashtags, write in, let's say t-shirts was your thing. If you write in t-shirts, it's automatically going to bring up a page that has all the photos that have been tagged with that. And then it's going to show you at the top, all the similar tags to that hashtag. So it's like SEO, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds a lot like a lot like SEO strategy, but for Instagram. It truly is. So, and then you can just keep those in because you don't want to, you want to be efficient with what you're doing and you're going to keep those hashtags. And when you come up with a new category, like rose t-shirts or tie-dye t-shirts, you know, you're going to have a separate section for those. Um, I will say our second best acquisition action, I guess you'd say is SEO. And again, I know that it can cost a lot of money to hire those companies, but it is something that we've actually done in-house and it's a slow process for us. I'm sure we could always do it better, but something is better than nothing, which kind of leads me back to Instagram, which is like, even if you don't have the best photographs, even if you don't have your exact mission statement ready, or you don't feel like your products are up to par, put it out there. You can always delete it, but I'm a huge believer, like you should never not do something. And I have to tell myself this because it's not easy to actually do this, but in fear of being criticized or, you know, doing it incorrectly or not at the best, because it's all a learning experience. And I think that's what makes a good business owner a good business owner is being like, okay, this didn't go as as planned, but what did I learn from it? Great. That could save you millions of dollars on like a bad deal later on, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and can I add a third acquisition thing? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Number three is email marketing. And that honestly might even be tied for number two, but those three things, social media posting, especially on Instagram, if you're a visual anything, and then SEO and email marketing are by far our biggest sales points for online sales. And again, just like, don't be shy, start doing it and then refine as you go. Quick question about email marketing. Is there a platform that you prefer? Yes. So we actually changed from MailChimp to Klaviyo right before the holidays and it has allowed us to do a lot more. Um, MailChimp was a bit limiting. I think if you, you know, if it's a price thing and you can only afford so much because Clavio is a bit on the pricier side, 
okay, cool. Just start with the platform. Shopify actually has one now, which is I've looked at it and kind of like created drafts just to see what it's like. And I think that it's so awesome. I mean, especially for somebody just starting out that doesn't need a lot of complexities, you know, and it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Absolutely. I have to ask, Yes. what is your favorite flow that you use on Clavio? Oh man, we just redid almost all of our flows and we've been getting so much more traction on our welcome series. Is that what you're asking? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, How do you structure your welcome series? I believe now we have three different emails and it's one is just text only. It's like introducing myself, trying to connect with that person without, you know, meeting them in person. It's so much harder, I'd say, to connect with somebody over email than just, hello, I'm right here in front of you. And, you know, you can see I'm a good person and whatever, you get their vibe. Um, I really try to evoke my vibe in the way that I speak and communicate. It's not too formal. It's very much so just me. (laughs) And we do include, and I think this is smart, for any business to link to your best sellers. And then we do include the discount code that they get for their first time order. And that's something that we've incorporated in how we've built our email list is offering them something to get placed in their inbox. You know, that's a sacred space for people. So we give a discount for the first order in order to be within their one-on-one communication (laughs) in their email. I love that. I love it. Okay, so let's talk Instagram. Yes. Which is something, admittedly, I am not excellent at. Um, I enjoy it as a viewer, but I, and I love Instagram ads. I love to buy things off Instagram ads. But <laughs> you successfully have built an organic following that is beautiful. It's, the aesthetic on it is gorgeous. So can you talk to me about the strategy behind your grids and color schemes and that aesthetic? Absolutely. There are some incredible apps that I think any business owner who's going to be promoting on Instagram should use. Planoly is wonderful. Preview. Hyperlapse, I really like. I'll tell you why. And Snapseed. So I'm going to step back and kind of go over why I named those. Because Number one, when you start putting your brand out on Instagram, it is in my, in my viewpoint, it's very important that you have a color scheme because it's so visual. So whether that's black, white, and gray or neon colors or whatever, mine is very much pastels, pinks, you know, that's, that's my vibe. So that right away, just naming that will help you then get the type of photography that you want to get. And also just utilizing their amazing tools on Instagram of just saving posts and having like a little inspiration saved file or category that you can say inspiration. If you don't know where to start and you're just, you know, going to be putting on, putting your business up on Instagram, go onto Pinterest or go onto Instagram and save images that inspire you and that you want to, have your brand like evoke a similar feeling. And then that's when you should just start going wild on taking photos and just honestly use your, the portrait mode on your iPhone or whatever camera that you want. Don't make it too complicated. Just start taking photos. And 
Oh, I missed a few apps actually that I want to name as well. Um, but after you start taking photos, an essential part of getting the aesthetic that you'd like is going to be editing your photo. I can almost guarantee you, unless there's perfect lighting, that 98% of the photos that you see on Instagram are edited because normally it's hard to capture those colors and make them vibrant and actually, you know, evoke something that you want to look at. So don't be ashamed of using editing tools. VSCO cam is definitely my favorite for editing colors. And I, you, again, you can just like find your path in regards to that. Cause you can go crazy on editing or you can just make it look more natural. Like you would see with the naked eye. So there's lots of different you know, avenues that you can go in that. And then there's another app, which I'm going to look on my phone actually really quick for, which is color story. And I love this. If you want to add in a little bit, something like, you know, a light beam or something to just, you know, pump up your, pump up your image a little bit. And those two apps I love for editing. Okay. So then after you've edited your photos, Go into Planoly or Preview and just load in a, a bunch of different photos. And in both of these apps, the best part, in my opinion, is that you can move around your images. So start laying out nine. I like to think of it in nines because that creates a square. And just start placing your photos next to each other and then look at how they flow. If you want to make that go from pink to to purple, cool. If you want it to just make sure that you're not always having, you know, for me, like a, a hand with rings on it, you know, because <laughs> I think it's important to show different sides of the jewelry and different like ways that you can view it, you know, just to be interesting because you don't want to be boring as well. That's going to be a part of you getting traction. Um, so I use Planoly or Preview for that. And then I am a huge believer in planning. So I also within Planoly will write out the hashtags because you can, you, there's a limit of using 30 hashtags per post, which do not put them in your caption. That's another tactical thing that like, and where do you put point. them then? Is it like so, the first comments? Yes. Because okay. I read in a research article that it's statistically proven that people that see hashtags in your first caption are less likely to engage with your photo because they just, it's like a turnoff, you know? So just, they're meant to help you be found on the platform. No one needs to actually see them. So just put in your regular caption and then as a second or as your comment, write in your hashtags. And Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, so what I was going to ask is, okay, I've seen a couple different strategies for this. Should mm -hmm. you do like the dot, 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 dot hashtags in your comments or do you just boom, put them all in the I've, comments? I've seen both and I'm a fan of the dot, dot, dot because it, uh, it doesn't just show up in front of people and it kind of like looks to me like spam when I see a bunch of hashtags. So if you do the dot, 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 and like, you know, 10 of those dots and then do your hashtags, it will prevent it from being like a huge, like bam in your face. As far as I've seen, it won't show up. And I just think it's a better, more lovely experience, you know, for the user, but there's no wrong way. I've seen it done both ways and there used to be, and I think this is probably a little bit, 
I don't know, outdated at this point, but it, there used to be a saying that you should put in your hashtags within like a minute of posting. I was just going to ask about that. And from what I've seen and experienced, like hashtags are hashtags. I think just for the sake, I will forget to do them, to do them myself if I don't do them immediately. So I always just do them right after and I'm like, okay, done, moving on. But I have a lot of friends that are influencers and they do them like a week later, a month later. So I don't know how much validity there is to that anymore, but just purely for the sake of just like headspace, I do it right after I post. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like quickly rushing to put Instagram, like the hashtags in the first comments, like it's like a a race and I'm going to run out of time. (laughs) I know. Right. Yeah. I, another thing about Instagram and uh, my motto of not letting it run you and you running it is chill. Don't stress. It doesn't run your business. Your photos can still be found. Like I used to just almost get like panic attacks that oh my God, I didn't post today. I don't have any more images. Da, da, da. And it's just negative, I think. And it's counterproductive to what you're actually trying to do on the platform. So in order to make Instagram and social media in general, not an anxiety filled, stressful experience, I utilize apps. So in order of sequence, I take photos. I take a lot Sometimes it takes a hundred images to find the exact one that I want. So just be very free with that. And then I edit them in VSCO cam normally or within a color story. And then I import my favorites into either Planoly or Preview, rearrange the images so that I can see, okay, here's the next five images, how they would flow. I think you should look at color when you go into that you can you look at just like the composition of the image as well. So, you know, if you have like your pieces on a blank background for one and then one that has like a different texture within it, I think that's really important and does a lot for just the whole composition of your Instagram feed. And then before you post, I normally also have somewhat of a caption within those apps that I want to go with those images. And obviously you can change those at any time, but it'll just make the whole experience smoother and more enjoyable. And then I have my hashtags in my notes and that's essentially it. And I do also think that sharing your posts, I know might be annoying to some people, but a lot of people on Instagram are on Instagram stories and they don't even go through the feed anymore. So it's free. Just put your photo that you just posted in your feed and show it in your Instagram stories and write something fun about it. I know that some people will like cover up their image so that the person viewing it is more, you know, enticed to go to the actual feed and look at it. I don't know if you need to go that far. That's totally up to you, but I think that it is really important. You're going to get more eyeballs on it and just be creative with it. So I think that's the whole point of Instagram and social media in general. How many stories do you post a day? That's a good question. I think that it's really good for a brand to put up at least one to three, but typically I'll go from anywhere between five and 10. If we have a lot of content to talk about, maybe 15, but realize the more stories you put up, your viewership is going to get lower just towards the end of like the 15th slide. So if you're running a sale, for example, don't say what the sale is 
on your 10th slide. Say it on your first one. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's it, does, of- it just go progressively down? Yes. Okay. And I think that's common. Like if you were going to post five images on your feed a day, you would see more interaction typically, I think, with, from my experience, we don't post like that anymore. In the beginning, we used to post a lot more every day, but actual feed posts, if you were posting more than one or two a day, usually the later one will not get seen and viewed as much. I know that's changed a little bit with the algorithm based on just engagement and interaction and all that too, but yeah. I'd say I have that's another question stupid. about Instagram stories. Yeah. <laughs> Is there certain content you're posting on your Instagram stories that tends to get more engagement? Like, are you actively asking questions to customers or how, how do you find using Instagram stories is most beneficial? I find that Instagram stories is amazing for content that doesn't get much interaction on our feed, to be totally honest. So like we have a free, well, that one does really well. Actually, I was going to talk about our free jewelry case with orders over 75. That one always performs really well on our feed, but it does capture people that don't go to our feed um, and then they see it on the stories. But for another example, our quizzes, I rarely talk about them on our feed, but it's the perfect content for our Instagram stories because we're telling them what each quiz is about. We're saying swipe up, which you can't get the swipe up unless you have 10,000 followers or unless you're verified, I think. But um, that is literally the perfect location for that type of content. And then also our other tools like our ring sizing guide. That's a video that normally we wouldn't post on Instagram, the feed. So we put it into our stories and it's so cool. People are like, oh, wow, you have a sizer that I can do at home. I don't have to purchase anything. Don't have to wait for a package to arrive. Great. I'm going to swipe up and do it. So I find that like tutorials can sometimes be really beneficial in stories, but um, I do think it varies per the brand too. Like I know some people that have done those questions, like ask me a question today and they do super like get so much engagement for us. It's not really the same thing. Like we've done it a few times and we get, I do think even if one person responds, it's valuable because you should treat every single customer with equal importance. But if you're looking to really like make an impact, you're going to have to try things and see what works. Um, like another thing, I do think the polls are amazing though. And those can be utilized by any brand. Um, and you can get really creative with it. Like some people like to use memes and they're like, how's your day going this way or this way? You know, like it can be really fun. I think that's the point of stories too, is just to like have fun showcase things that you wouldn't normally showcase on your feed, maybe do a live. I think ever since Rianne and I actually had a one-on-one, she was like, you should do more live videos. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. So (laughs) I've been doing more of those and yay. Yeah. So there's constant new possibilities. And I think that it's just a matter of implementing them into your strategy. I love, I love hearing about that. Um, because as I said earlier, I'm quite terrible at Instagram and, and I've, and I, and so I'm always in awe of, of businesses who succeed through all means, but also by, by use of Instagram, because to me, it's quite a puzzle that I can't unlock. I get SEO. I don't understand Instagram. She'll text me and be like, I posted on Instagram and I got like 80 likes and I don't know why. Uh- <laughs> 
I love it. Yeah, it's I don't I don't get it. Um, but I'm so glad that so many people do, and that it's a, it's a valuable vertical. So I know you run giveaways on social media. Yes. Tell me about them. How do they work? I think it's an incredible way to get more people to see your brand. I don't know if it works for every brand, but for us, we have a price point where I'm okay to give away a a gift card. That's normally what we do. So it doesn't, the problem with doing product giveaways is the giveaway prize is that you might get some people that don't want to engage with it because they don't like that particular product. So in my opinion, it's most beneficial if you do a gift card to your brand, that way the person isn't biased against it. And it's like, Oh, cool. I can pick whatever I want. This is awesome. And it's just so, so good for engagement because you always, as a part of it, should ask them to like the photo because that's going to increase how many people see it. And then in their caption, I mean, following you and the other person that or brand that you're collaborating with is also very important. It's kind of like email marketing. Like once they're on your list of followers, they're going to be more likely to see your content. So that's important. But then the essential one, even above the other two, is having them tag their friends because that is a built-in referral system. So... I just love them. I think they're so wonderful. I do think they can be overdone. So you want to be mindful of that. But at the same time, it's also a cool way to support other creatives. Like I've teamed up with other female founders. Like that's almost essentially always who I work with. And I am so happy to share their brand with my people because I just think that there's enough wealth in this world to go around to everybody. So it's really cool. I I think the whole thing is super fun. It might not work for like a super luxurious brand that's like, oh, our pieces are $2,000 each. You know, they're not going to want to give yeah. you or a here's gift a $50 card. gift card. Right, you know. <laughs> one of this product. Yeah, so it's like definitely find who, you know, you should be working with and if it works for your brand. But like, for example, the the brand that I brought up earlier, Allbirds, like what a great brand to do a giveaway. Like who doesn't want a new pair of shoes? So fun. I collect all birds. So I would absolutely enter that giveaway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think it's a nice way to give back to like, especially during COVID-19 and like, you know, it's just a way to be like, I understand things are hard right now. Let's just bring a little love into this world, you know? So that's my viewpoint on it. <laughs> I, I really like that you bring a lot of positivity and kindness into your brand and your brand messaging. I think that's that's great and something we need more of. Thank you. I do think that it's essential as an owner of a business and anybody who has a platform to speak about kindness or just evoke that. Because when I see like a side eye photo from someone or, you know, one where you think you're being fashion, it's like, let's, let's make kindness cool again, you know, because I do think there is a validity to high fashion and I love those images as well. But at the end of the day, like, are we making the world a better place or not? You know? Yeah, for sure. And now I feel really bad about no into influencers. It's a very, (laughs) it's a very valid point. And I think something that people need to learn about. So go for it. Awesome. So you did mention collaborations and in lifting other women who are also artists. So how do you approach influencers and collaborations with other businesses? 
So when it comes to choosing who you're going to align yourself with for giveaways, I think the most important thing is making sure that whatever you're going to promote, whatever you're going to endorse essentially is in line with what you yourself would buy. So stay true to the brand. And then also does it, would it resonate with your customer? I mean, you should know who your customers are. Like ours are women between the age of 26 and 35 you know, there's a certain income bracket that we look at. So I think that even we'll, we'll totally team up with people that have more high fashion images or are a bit, you know, aesthetically different than our brand. I think there's nothing wrong with that, but I do think that you should just look at like, okay, would my customer also shop from this? Because you're ultimately using it to introduce your your followers to something new. And if it doesn't really relate with them, you know what I mean? It just might not fit. And then you won't get the traction that you want with it. So like, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I think that it's very unique per the brand and situation, but like for us, I'm huge in making sure that our platform is used for good. And we're always encouraging people to follow their dreams, live with kindness you know, treat themselves to something because they're worthy of it. So I wouldn't necessarily want to partner up with another brand or whatever that didn't also have a sort of mission statement or something else that they're pushing along that's similar in some way. That's wonderful. I, I'm so happy that we've had you on here today. And I have two final questions for you. Yeah. So the first question is, where can we find you on the internet? katiedeanjewelry.com is our website. I'd love for you to go there, sign up for our email newsletter. We send out lots of fun things on that. Take our quizzes. Check and out the new welcome series. Yes, please. <laughs> Give me your feedback. Uh, and then also on Instagram, it's the same, katiedeanjewelry. And if you are a Pinterest user or Facebook, um, actually Facebook is the same, katiedeanjewelry, but then on Pinterest for jewelry because we didn't have enough character space to put everything out. <laughs> so yeah. Great. We're going to link to those in our show notes and uh, everybody, this uh, Katie's store is beautiful. The jewelry is wonderful. The price points are accessible and I think you're going to really dig it. And Katie, so every episode, Kelly and I like to talk about a store or a, a shout out to something that we we really are enjoying this week. So um, Kelly, why don't you go first this week? Okay, so I came across this store that's called The Furlough Cheesecake. Their story says, when life gives you lemon, you make lemonade. The federal government gave us a furlough, so we're making cheesecakes. I <laughs> love it. And so they have like all different kinds of cheesecake flavors that you can buy. They have... Like sweet potato cheesecake, which I think that's probably a southern thing, maybe. <laughs> uh, strawberry swirl cheesecake, chocolate swirl cheesecake, banana pudding cheesecake. Like it's so, they all sound really delicious. Let's and, get cheesecakes. Oh, well, I think we need to get cheesecakes. They deliver. Yeah. They do. They do deliver. So sounds <laughs> good to that me. One, all around that cheesecakes, one all around. <laughs> so thefurlochecheesecake.com is mine. Rian, what's Love yours? Love it. Mine is Bloom and Plume Coffee. And it is, this is their tagline on their store. It's building beloved community where everyone belongs and becomes a better version of themselves. 
one cup, one person, and one neighborhood at a time. And their hashtag is thirst come thirst served, I which it. I love. The it, it is a brick and mortar in Los Angeles. They also have a Shopify store where there's merch. So as everyone knows, um, LA County has been slower to open than other parts of the country. So if y'all can support an awesome coffee shop that is local, to to my area that would be really awesome and the aesthetics are beautiful I can't wait to be able to go in and and go and come say hi to them they're on Temple Street in Los Angeles so if you're local to LA check it out either in person or buy some merch online and what about Katie? What about you? Okay, so I'm gonna shout out a friend of mine in New York. She has a small florist company, but actually goes nationwide. They sell online. Her brand is called Pop Up Florist. And she is just such an amazing creative woman who is always giving back. So almost every week during quarantine, I've been seeing them donate to charities. And she's been doing this well before COVID 19. So Huge shout out to her. If you want some flowers, I believe they do dried bouquets for when they ship and then they do local deliver in New York. Yeah. That sounds great. I'm going to check that out for sure. Well, thank you, Katie, so much again for joining us. We appreciate you. We appreciate your brand and that you're spreading kindness in the world. And Thank you so much. I, I think we might have to have you back to talk about Pinterest because that's a whole other thing that I know you're familiar with. So yes. we're going to have to circle back around. Otherwise, it's going to be like a three-hour episode oh, and people are going to stop pleasure. listening. <laughs> no, it was my pleasure. I hope that your your listeners actually get information that they can use. That's a huge thing for me. Just being on Shopify, I've always found that the incredible part of that platform and being part of this community is that they give you information that you can immediately use and it improves what you're doing. So like, I want to pass that on and I'm just so thankful that you guys had me on today. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday. So grab your mug and join us. See you next week. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify App Store.